Hey everybody, it's episode 369 of PodQuest. Hey. hey! It's Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. I am Chris, with me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hi. How you guys doing? Oh, not too bad. Uh, you know, after fighting a sinus infection for a few weeks, I got a cold, so... Oh, did you really go life. from one to the other? Essentially, yeah. It's literally the past two sessions, the one that's just finishing up with, um... So, session 51.3, or session 51 of Brose, and session 52 of Brose, both, I am not drinking because I am sick. So, it was, like, within weeks apart of each other. We recorded Brose last Friday. I mean, or you could have just drank extra and just killed everything inside of you, because that's how that works, (laughs) I mean, I did drink extra, but it was, like, hot tea and water and green tea, and, like, I had, like, six different drinks in front of me, but none of them were alcoholic. Yeah, no, no. Like, instead of drinking wine, you should have just been drinking, like, straight shots of, like, vodka or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's just... Do, oh, they, my God. do they still sell 151? Is that still a thing? Oh, uh, probably. I don't know. I'm sure it is. Yeah, you know, just get, like, a bottle of 151. Just put, like, a baby bottle top on it and just <laughs> go for it. I mean, that could work. Sorry, the dogs Puppies. are barking. And you always complain about sheets. He's a good boy. Eric, I, I think it might be Erica coming home. I'm going to close the door over. Hang on. I think he forgot about us. He might have. Okay, that makes <laughs> sense. So this is PodQuest without Cobb. How you guys doing? Uh, How you doing, uh, You know, I, I really cannot complain today, honestly. No? Nope. It's it's times like this when someone's not here is when you talk bad about them. Or talk good about them, whichever one you prefer. But then once they show up, you do the opposite. <laughs> So, like, um, you don't have anything good or bad to say about Cobb? I mean, you didn't ask me my thoughts about Cobb. You asked me how well, I was doing. Well, if he's not here, what are your... Th- since he's not here, what are your thoughts about Cobb? Man, he's such a pain in the ass, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's definitely the worst. <laughs> I am, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cobb! Uh, hey, we were just, uh, saying good things about you. Sure, I'm, I'm just going to, like, you know, edit that a little bit so that it just sounds like Drew is saying that you're a pain in the ass. It'll be fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That'll be the most production value ever done on this show. Hey, I'll have you know, I go and and clip out all of your bullshit weird noises every episode. Yeah, I mean, they're not my weird noises. No, I mean, it's all of our weird noises. Like, weird mouth noises. Um, Just because your microphone picks up the tiniest fucking thing. Um, Sometimes if you scroll really fast, I I can hear the clicking of the mouse wheel. It's really funny. And like, yeah. you can tell you're you're like trying to get to the bottom of something, and it's not just like you're you know like s- slowly scrolling down the um like the outline, um because it'll it'll be like this very like aggressive scroll, like you're just trying to yeah. find out what like the the last thing on a page is real quick. It could also be that this is a seventy five year old male, just is really loud. Wait, you you bought a fancy new PC and you didn't buy like a fancy keyboard and mouse to go with it? No, I spent $2,000 on my fucking PC. What kind of money do you think I'd have for a mouse and PC? What's a, or for I, a mouse I and keyboard? I spent like $140 on a new keyboard and mouse. I mean, give me give me some time. I do plan on getting a new keyboard and mouse. Just Yeah, you need to get you need to get like one of those fancy like FPS mouses with like the weights in it and stuff so that you can Yeah. And and and, and you want me to get a mechanical keyboard so that it's even louder. Oh, yeah, no, definitely not, because your microphone already picks up everything. We wouldn't be able to hear, uh, we wouldn't be able to hear you talking over the (laughs) clickety-clacks. You want want to hear the clack, 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 clack. The Logitech G604 was on sale a few weeks ago for, like, almost half price. It was like, or, like, maybe it was, like, 40% off. It was, like, 65 instead of 100, something like Mm -hmm. that. 
So, like, you know how scroll wheels normally click? It has a button to switch it to just, like, let it free spin. It's pretty... It's weird. It's weird. Because, like, every once in a while, I'll accidentally hit it and then be like, why the fuck did that just go? And I was like, oh, I hit the lock. That's what I hit. My mouse has a button that makes the cursor move faster. Yeah, this has a deep... Well, it has up and down for DPI. No, unfortunately, I wish it had that. It just has a button that it's got, like, two or three settings where, like... What like the default one is you know a a pretty regular move and then like the next one it it kind of goes from one side of the screen to the other in like the blink of the eye and then the last setting I just lose track of it like I can't actually like watch it move too fast. Mm-hmm. My, my mine has a scroll wheel and two buttons for where your normal buttons are. Well, you also That's have it. you probably have the button for the the scroll wheel too. I mean, yeah, the button the scroll wheel clicks. In. So there you go. That's you have it. you have three buttons on that mouse. Yeah. It's 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 fancy. Like I said, it's like 10, 12 years old. Something yeah, I, mean, like that. I I haven't had a, other than other than the the mouse for my Mac, which the top of it's a touch screen and that thing is amazing. Um, every mouse I've had for the last like twenty years has had at least like the two side buttons for like mm-hmm. back and forward in like mm-hmm. web browsers. Yeah. Um, I've never used them for anything other than back and forward, so I'm not really sure what other people do with them. That's I I mean. People probably use them for gaming, like, you could probably set, oh, yeah. like, switching, like, changing your loadouts or changing weapons differently, um, or, I like, I probably should have done that when I tried Diablo, like, set, like, uh, the abilities yeah. to that instead of the F keys. That would have made more sense. Yeah. Or, like, maybe, like, set to use grenades instead of having to reach over and press, like, G or whatever button. Diablo well, doesn't have grenades. I'm just talking about <laughs> other games. In, in, here's what I use those in Diablo 2, because I don't know that you can use them to, like, set skills on. But I would have the one be toggle, run, walk when you have to actually bother with that at the beginning of the game. And then the other was the uh, toggle showing items on the ground. Oh, uh, that's not a bad okay. idea. Yeah. And, you know, I think you're right. I don't think you can map, like, the ability swap to anything other than the F key. Well, uh, once you set them to the F keys, you can use the scroll wheel to scroll through the ones you have assigned. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know that, but... It's honestly, it's yeah. easier when you're in the middle of something and you're trying to just quickly change to it to just, if you know what button it's assigned to, to just swap between it. True. Because um, otherwise, like, especially when, in the early game, which is all I really played, you know, trying to remember what order things came up in is a little tougher. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's not on the first one already. It's like, oh shit, what number is that on? At three? Shit, where do I need to go? Mm-hmm. But I digress. Oh, Rich. Yes. What's on the agenda for tonight? Uh, so we are going to, uh, talk about, uh, Star Wars High Republic stuff real quick, because it's on there. Uh, there is something special going on with AEW pay-per-view this past weekend or something like that, with, uh, a, 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 a CM Punk and, and uh, I don't know who else, a Jericho, I think. All the people. I think. Um, then, uh, Sony decided that, uh, uh, they were wrong. And uh, so we're going to talk about what they did with Horizon Forbidden West and how they were wrong. Uh, Cobb, you played some Psychonauts 2. I played on stream last night Surviving Mars as well as the original Metroid uh, last week that we're going to talk about a little bit. And then, uh, Cobb, you uh, watched an anime called Eden Zero. Uh, at least two of us listened to the recent Reply All podcast where they talked about Team Fortress 2. I don't know if Druton had it too. I did. Oh, great. So all three of us. So it's going to have a little conversation. And of course, in uh, normal PodQuest fashion, there is a uh, PlayStation thing tomorrow that we're not going to talk about. 
because. But Drew and I will talk about that next week. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And you you missed the the Shang Chi thing because you watched it oh, too, didn't you? Oh, sh- I. You know what? I I uh, I kind of breezed right by that because my eyes just don't work. Yeah, and uh, me and Cobb saw uh, Shang Chi this weekend, and we're gonna talk about that a bit. So a pretty pretty stacked episode we've got going on here. Yeah, we'll we'll see how long this actually takes. Yeah, yeah. Let's get done by eight so I can get on stream on time. Nine thirty. Here we come. Man, just got don't it. stream on Wednesdays. Or... Man, then that means I have to stream on Fridays. Yeah. Or Saturdays. Or I can't stream on Fridays. The fuck not. <laughs> because I play games with people who don't want to be on stream on Fridays. Get better. Tell friends. them to suck it the fuck up. They, I don't want my name on there. I don't want you using my. What if I say something? Okay, don't say something. You don't have two be viewers. shitty. <laughs> but it's it's not even don't be shitty. It's like who the fuck is gonna like? Yeah, I have two viewers. Like I I, I can call you by your first name as long as I don't say your first and last name and where you fucking live. No one knows who the fuck you are or cares. Mm-hmm. But and frankly, they can probably just like. I could probably look up their name if you just told it to me, or if yeah. like, like, do they play online games? Uh, they do. The, the, yeah, then their <laughs> yeah. names everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, but it's it's also, it's also that's generally when we play D anD D. So, I mean, that's fair. I, and and then Saturdays and Sundays, I just don't want to. I can't do Saturdays because it's when I play more D anD D as well as when we get back with the other group with D anD D. Mondays through Thursdays are the best the best best maybe, times for me. Maybe don't play so much D anD D. Or, or, stream D&D. Or, yeah, stream just your side of D&D, because that would be <laughs> hilarious. Or, don't forget to check out uh, Bonus Action, the Tabletop Podcast. It's hey. going to be coming out within the next couple of months. Within the next probably month or so. Yeah, it'll be it'll be sometime in October, since we're going to record the first, uh, first batch in, what, I guess a, a week and a half? Yeah. Uh, yep. yeah. Yeah. High Republic is a thing that's happening in Star Wars right now. What so what is what this? Is this? <laughs> All right, so it, they launched it back in January. It's two hundred. I, I think I talked about this briefly a while ago. It's two hundred years prior to the movies. Okay, so it's what's considered the so you had like the old Republic for, with like Knights of the Old Republic, which was like two thousand years prior yeah, to the movies. Sounds right. Uh, yeah. th- then you have the fall of the Republic, which is the the prequel era. You okay. have the rebellion era, which is the the original trilogy. Right. And then I don't know what they're actually calling the sequel era, but like the, you have that. So now they they've started expanding into what they're calling the High Republic era, which is long enough ago that like the characters that you're familiar with don't exist anymore. Uh huh. But most of the concepts are already. Um, Yoda has been mentioned. A bunch, and there is a comic with him in it, but like he's really the only character that's like kind of alive and well known sure, at yeah, that point. Makes sense. So right now it's a bunch of different books. There's there have been two of the like adult level, adult grade, whatever you want to call them, novels, like the like three four hundred page books, okay. plus like a, a smattering of young adult and YA, or I'm sorry, not YA, young adult, and then whatever is considered underneath that, like the like the goosebump size books. Like sure, 120 yeah. pages, like for like a, a 10 year old or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then like the 200 ish page ones that are meant for like your 15, 16 year olds. And then they have a couple comic book series. They have just uh, the High Republic, which is running at Marvel. And they have another one that's High Republic Adventures that's an IDW um, geared more at kids. Like it's actually following a group of Padawans and stuff like that. So it's, it's really meant for like your younger readers. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
But the thing I want to talk about is how well they're doing with interconnecting them all, um, even across like the different mediums. So I've read the two the two regular adult novels, and I've been reading the comic, the the High Republic. I dropped the High Republic Adventures because it was just kind of it was boring. Like it, it's very like I said, it's it's kid oriented. Gotcha. But so it's not Jedi versus Sith. Um, there is this separate, basically criminal empire that's out there right now. Um, that they're they're essentially pirates. Um, but they're pirates that actually have better tech than the Republic does. Okay. So you're in in like modern Star Wars that you're used to. You know, like they just like punch in like a, a hyperspace thing and they just fucking book it to wherever they're going. Right. Yeah. At this point in history, they don't have all that stuff like figured out as well as they do yet. And this pirate group actually has somebody um, that they're controlling that has this weird connection with it that can just find new paths to two places in hyperspace that they're not charted. They're completely off the track. They can't be traced or anything through it. And it's basically what they use in, in modern day Star Wars to, to travel. Yeah. Um, so they just kind of like pop in and out of places like it's nothing. And just they, they literally pop in unexpected, ransack a bunch of stuff, and then pop out. Um, meanwhile, the Republic itself is still actually growing. Um, they're actually working towards like moving out into the frontier, like like your Tatooines and stuff like that, like the the Outer Rim, as it's called in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first novel is all about a a disaster that happens. This is also the era where back to the stuff that um like. It's what they used to heal people. It's um in Empire Strikes Back. That's Luke when he gets um back from being lost out in uh, the ice. That big tank he's in, where he's kind of like convulsing a little bit and stuff. Right. Uh, right. Okay. That's a back to tank. It's some sort of like miracle drug that's grown on this one specific planet's moon that just has like really good healing properties to it. So the the first um novel focuses on something that happens there where one of these pirates actually collides with another ship in hyperspace, which theoretically isn't possible. Um, and it causes this freighter to explode and just start spewing giant chunks of itself going at light speed and then dropping out of light speed and bomb like bombarding planets and stuff like that and actually destroying planets. It's it's essentially what happened to like Earth with the dinosaurs. Like a giant meteor hitting a planet and just causing catastrophic damage. Um, that's what's happening here. It's just slightly smaller pieces, but going at such high velocity that it's just destroying ships and planets and everything. Um, and all of that stuff ties directly into the early part of the comic series, where the comic series picks up after that has finished and focuses on characters that were around for that. Not necessarily the primary characters from that book, but characters that were mentioned as doing stuff in that book so that you were then seeing sort of what happened to them afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as that comic book went on, they started dealing with this sentient plant thing that had some sort of connection to the force and was taking over species on like just across the galaxy. And that actually directly led into the second novel that came out in June where like that novel, like it didn't have them necessarily like fighting those plants because they were busy doing that in the the comics but it had you know references to like oh all these other characters are actually busy over here that's why none of them can help and then you guys both played Knights of the Old Republic right? Yeah. Right so do you remember um, Bastila in that game? Yeah yeah she had the power the, the Jedi power to like command armies. And... Exactly she had that like force link where she could just 
link everybody up. It was called Battle Meditation. Yeah. So one of the characters that is in both the, the books and the comic, um, she's a Jedi Master that has a similar ability to that where she can create a hive mind, essentially, between all of the Jedi and allows them to basically do things that they wouldn't normally be able to do on their own, like between coordination and just like immersion in the Force. So there's a bunch of instances in the second book where like it's like, oh, if she was here, like she'd be able to help. But like, oh, she's not here because she's off dealing with this thing happening with these plants and what was cool is i was actually reading the novel up until like a week or so ago like i had just finished it and at one point i'm reading the novel and it just got to a part where they were having this fair and the fair was being attacked by the the pirates and that issue of the comic that came out actually ended with that where it's like they just finished dealing with these plants and the last page is just like all Jedi respond like the I forget like the Republic Fair has been um, destroyed or whatever, mm-hmm. and it it was just very cool to see how much they're like interlinking these stories where you don't have to read all of them like you don't have to be reading the books and the comics, but if you are you're getting like two parts of the same story and seeing characters kind of drift from like one book into the next book and like back and forth and it's just it's it's very cool because even um so the way that the the way that the second novel ends. Where the um uh what's it the the Chancellor of the Republic basically asks the Jedi to like get legitimately involved and go find these pirates and get rid of them. Because mm-hmm. like at this point they have caused millions of deaths between the first thing they did and then attacking this fair. Um so the next arc in the comic literally picks up with like a mission of the Jedi trying to do that and with one of the main characters from the book in the comic for the first time talking to the other Jedi, like, telling them, like, what their mission is. Okay. Yeah. And it's just, it's really good storytelling for a franchise that, you know, the last few movies, not very good storytelling. No. Like... No, not really. Yeah, I like, mean, whether you like the movies them, like, the, the, the individual movies is fine, but, like, those, la- those sequel movies, there was no cohesive story between the three of them, because you had... A bunch of different people making them like there, there was no one person kind of involved with all three movies so they were all just mm-hmm. one guy set something up the next guy didn't like that so he wanted to do his own thing and then the first guy came back and it's like okay well i don't want to do that so i'm gonna go back to my thing yeah this this is why you can't treat movies as comic books um but so they're literally doing this between different mediums with totally different and you figure like a comic book gets written let's say six months out um, like the writer is like, and that's being generous that the writer is six issues ahead. Um, mm-hmm. it's probably less, um, and I mean, a novel is probably a year, give or take. Cause you know, it's got to go through multiple iterations. It's got to be approved by Lucas and everything. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like, they actually have their publishing side that's doing like the novels. I forget who actually publishes the star Wars novels. And then you have Marvel and they're all those editorial teams are actually like, like doing something cohesive where there's no giant holes in either side like they're telling their own stories but they're keeping them connected they're keeping the plots like relevant to each other Mm -hmm. and it's just it's funny to to see that be able to happen and it's also just very good like they're doing a very good job with this high republic stuff and i kind of hope that we get some some like multimedia entertainment out of it like i doubt they'll ever do a movie but like maybe like a clone wars style like animated series or something especially since um what is that one that just came out, Rich? Uh, it, on Disney Plus. Oh, the 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 Bad Batch. Yeah, that 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 seemed to actually do fairly well for them. So like, it'd be nice to see them go back f- 
further and explore this era. And I, I know, I think one or both of you have said before that, like, you'd like to see, like, stuff taking place out away from the Jedi. Or not the Jedi, yeah. but from the Skywalker. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over the Skywalker saga. I'm over the Skywalker. I'm over this whole era. Like, even with Solo, like, like, Solo and, 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 and Rogue One were, like, departures from that, because, although, yeah, Solo had Han Solo, it didn't really deal with, ma- like, major characters. Solo was something different than the Han Solo we actually know and love. And so, I want more of the galaxy, because there's a whole fucking galaxy. Why do we always see these same 40, like, 15 people? Like, give me more. And so, like, something like this sounds awesome. Like, something back, even if it's 200 years in the past. Like, it sounds like something I, I would definitely love to get into, read, or watch, or whatever. Um, but I just, I do just really want Knights of the Republic uh, uh, to be canon, and that's probably not so. No, I mean, definitely, that that's definitely not going to be canon anymore. But I think what they're doing with the High Republic, if, if it keeps doing well, because, I mean, they have... like a ton more content planned out for it like i think the third like adult novel comes out in january or february and there's a bunch of like other like ya and children's books and comics and stuff still that like if it keeps doing well like i don't see why they wouldn't try to do more with it whether it's an animated show or like a game probably not a game because it seems like the only games they want to make now are games that are literally about that movie era yeah which is a bummer but at least they're trying something different in, in some demographic. Yeah, and it's it's nice to see that they're, they're they're trying to branch out from the known. Yeah, and they're just they're adding neat concepts to it, like the Jedi having very spe- like particular types of ships that they fly that are cause like in all the in in all the other stuff you never really see the Jedi like they're just in regular ass ships like when they're like flying like their fighters. Um, yeah, in these books at at this point like two hundred years ago. They had fighters that only Jedi's could fly. Like their their entire weapon system was based on a lightsaber. Like they had to actually insert their lightsaber because it was powered off the Kyber crystal. That's and that's that's interesting. Yeah, and they didn't have um astromechs for for anything. Um, they did. I don't know if you guys remember from I want to say it was Episode Two that ring thing that Obi Wan yeah. had to dock his ship in for for hyper space travel. They yeah, do because that was. That was a Jedi ship, like, that was... Yeah, but it's still, like, they had an astromech, and it was just, like, the insides were just a regular ship. Like, it, there was nothing special about it, per se. Yeah. Um, these ones are, like, they still have those frames for hyperspace travel, but, like, from the way they describe it in the book, like, all of the um, instru- instruments and stuff are scaled back. Like, it's meant to be flown with the Force, essentially. Like, Which is, you know, it's, it's just neat concepts that they're kind of digging into that they never do with any of the modern stuff because all the modern yeah. stuff is like oh well th- this is a war and the jedi are falling because at this point the jedi basically suck yeah because like in in the, the fall of the uh the republic era like the jedi are kind of shitty there's like a handful of, of good ones and everyone else sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but yeah anyway drew how was this uh this wrestling stuff over the weekend uh it was fucking wild um granted a little bit of it was expected but there was a bit of unexpected as well. Uh, so AEW had their 2021 edition of All Out, which seems to basically be like their WrestleMania. It's like their big main thing where like the new stuff is probably going to be happening every year. Um, lots of matches. Another Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers match that was just amazing. Um, 
That was the that was the ladder match and what yeah. you made. Okay, mm-hmm. just making sure. Yep. Um, Kenny Omega retaining his world championship, and then there were three new debuts for the company during the show. Uh, during the women's uh, casino battle royal, uh, Ruby Soho, who most recently was in WWE as Ruby Riot, made her debut. And yes, she's using the rancid song "Ruby Soho" for her entrance music. Oh, nice! Uh, Uh, She couldn't use anything. Well, apparently, I think it was one of the guitar players for Rancid is a huge wrestling fan, and actually reached out to her to be like, "Change your name to Ruby Soho, and you can take our song." (laughs) I wonder if that. I wonder if that was Tim Armstrong. Like I, he, he I is believe the, so. the lead singer and guitarist of Rancid. I, I, I'm trying to remember who said that, but I'm, that name sounds right. So, yeah, like, not surprising. Like, it seems like some of the wrestlers, as they've left WWE, have been kind of keeping part of their WWE name. But then WWE usually has a trademark on the whole name. So, like, like I said, they WWE has trademark on Ruby Riot, but... Not Ruby Soho, so... Okay. So, real quick, um, I, I looked it up. It, it wasn't Tim. It was Lars, who is the other okay. guitarist on there. Okay. But his Wikipedia actually says um, he's a longtime wrestling fan. He's friends with CM Punk and was in the WW, WWE documentary CM Punk Best in the World. Okay. Um, and then he, um, during an appearance on the Wrestling Perspective podcast, he suggested to Ruby Riot she should use the ring name Ruby Soho, and assured her that he could also have the song cleared legally for her to use as her entrance. There you go. Um, so she debuted during that match. She was the Joker, the last person to come out, which was what, also wait, what f- is that? The, what does that mean, the Joker? Uh, so for how they do their, basically, it's like their Royal Rumble, but instead of having people come out one at a time, uh, because the first time they did it was at their Double or Nothing, like casino themed pay per view. They had people draw a card, and they have five people per suit of cards, and so the fir- they pick, a, uh, they show a suit, and the first five people come out. Then after three minutes or whatever it is, another suit is revealed, and the five people who were in that suit of cards all come out like at the same time. And then there's one twenty-first person who is the Joker who comes out last. So. I I haven't seen a Royal Rumble in 25 years. Um, does WWE they do it like it's every like 30 seconds, right, or 60 seconds or something like that? Somebody 60 comes out. Or 90. They keep changing it, but I, so, I want to say it's settled on 90 seconds at this point. But so when somebody wrong. comes out, like the like the first person, do they send out two people back to back, or does the first person just stand in the ring for a minute? By the no, time? yeah, they do send out number one and two start the match for the Royal Rumble. So, like, being number one is really no different than being number two. Okay. So, But, yeah, they send two people out right away. And then AEW's just like, here's, like, five people at a time. Fucking go for it. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know. I I like the way the Royal Rumble does it because each person gets their entrance music. You get that little of, oh, who's it gonna be? And then their music starts, and it's like, oh, my God, it's this person. Or... Wait, whose music is that? Oh, look, it's this new person. Whatever. Because that's when you get like the, like the reveals of like old people coming back or yeah. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. but there is something to be said for doing it this way. That kind of speeds thing up, things up. And uh, 
I I forget if it was on the Power Bombcast or one of the other review shows I watched. Someone made the point, like, it seems like they've changed, and originally when they were doing them had the most important person of the five coming out last, and now they've kind of put that person first. So, like, their music starts and they come out to the ring, but then, you know, the next four people are basically right behind them. So that's a little better, because that way at least, like, camera goes, sees the first person, then cuts back to the ring as the other people just pile in. But, uh... Then uh, Kenny Omega had his match and retained his title at the end, and is they're beating up Christian Cage, the Christian from WWE, Edge's old tag team partner. Um, and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus try to come out and make a save, but there's too many, get beat down. Kenny is cutting his promo and is like, you think anyone could beat me? The only people who could beat me aren't here, have already retired, or are already dead. And the lights cut out, and Adam Cole, whose contract literally expired a week ago with WWE, shows up. With And the Already Dead being a reference to on their Being the Elite show that they've been doing for years. When Adam Cole left Ring of Honor to go to WWE, they killed him off on the show. So, like... Oh, really? He, yeah, they poisoned his can of monster, and he died. So... <laughs> Of course they did. So, Kenny says that, like, just go out, Adam Cole comes out, crowd goes fucking crazy, and it looks like Adam Cole's gonna attack Kenny Omega, but then Jungle Boy is, like, pulling himself up by the ropes, and Adam Cole super kicks Jungle Boy, and they all celebrate, and Kenny Omega's like, you thought he was really gonna fight me? We're best friends! Like, we we love him! And then, starts to do his goodbye and goodnight, and then... Flight of the Valkyries starts, and here comes Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan in WWE, and he starts fighting Kenny Omega, and it's like, oh, okay. He, so, was that a big surprise, too? Um, He's been, about the to- same time CM Punk signing rumors were out, uh, rumors for Daniel Bryan signing had come out, but the talk was he was going to be debuting in New York. They have a show at uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium coming up, and that was the rumor when uh, Brian Danielson was going to debut. So it was a little bit of, su- of a surprise, but not a crazy surprise. Cole was the more surprising, because all the talk had been like, he's going to kind of sit around and see what kind of offers he gets. But his girlfriend works for AEW, so it's not surprising you went there. And, and, that, like, and, is she a wrestler also? Yeah. She's actually the women's champion right now, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. She She's an actual dentist. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, she still is actively performing dentistry in Orlando when they're not on the road. Apparently, her dental office has gotten super busy in the last year. <laughs> not surprised. Um, I, I, I figured she would probably have been the um, head dentist for the AEW fighting and knocking Probably. I'm sure she's done work on plenty of the wrestlers there that have needed it. But um, that and like I said, he's legitimately Adam Cole is legitimately super good friends with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, and it's like, yeah, of course, of course he was gonna go there. And, and there's kind of rumor that WWE might have really lost him by saying you got to shut down your Twitch stream if you resign, and he was like, fuck that, I like my Twitch stream. 
Oh, right, because really? WWE is super controlling about that stuff. Yeah. This is why I- I'm glad when you chose for us to watch wrestling, you chose AEW, because I would have refused to watch anything WWE. They're a shitty company to begin with, and then hearing something like this, where it's a non-competitive like, n- yeah. nowhere near a competition. Like, no. It's a fucking Twitch stream, which, exactly. yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he gets a lot of viewers because of wrestling, but, like, he's not doing a Twitch stream where they wrestle. He's probably right. a talk stream or a video game Yeah, stream. yeah, like, like, he's been, he plays games. Like, yeah, like, like, it's just, it's a non-competitive thing. Why not just let him fucking do it? Well, next they're gonna, next they're gonna say they can't be on, like, Twitter or Facebook. Well, isn't that why um, Xavier Woods does, like, Up, Up, Down, Down? Because, like, it is owned by WWE, so, like, he doesn't get, like, shit for it because he's doing it for the company? Yeah. Although, boy, would I not be shocked if at some point Woods is like, well, I want to just go do the Twitch thing more legit for myself, not for you. Because, like, now half of the main crew he did shit with on there is gone <laughs> has been fired Cause... wait are are the other two guys in the new day gone no but they they really weren't on those streams with them like they'll be on there every now and then but like the main four people that would be on his youtube channel were him adam cole tyler breeze who those two are gone and then cesaro like those four are like they call themselves the party uh, and they, most of the stuff is the four of them. Okay. <laughs> I, you know what it is? I have seen, um, Dan Reichert post stuff. I think the, the New Day does a podcast, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that might be what I was thinking of. Yeah. Though someone was saying, oh boy, what if the New Day goes to fucking AEW when their contracts are up to finally get the New Day Young Bucks matches? And it's like, oh, please, can that happen? I mean, are there any other, like, big names at WWE that you could, like, realistically see going over there, like, when their contracts are up? Uh, Kevin Owens is probably the other big one right now, because uh, he's another one that is super tight with the Young Bucks. Um, the Young Bucks, Adam Cole and Kevin Owens, when he was Kevin Steen, were, like, at one point a group call calling themselves Mount Rushmore, and... Owens recently tweeted, I think it was a tweet that was um, the uh, latitude and longitude coordinates of Mount Rushmore, and then news has come out that his contract expires soon, sooner than people think, (laughs) and I would not be shocked at all to see him go. But after that, like, I don't legitimately see the New Day going, but they've long had a feud with the Young Bucks on Twitter, so it certainly could happen. At least well, Woods. And I and I know Woods has like that like friendly rivalry with games with uh Kenny Omega too. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they, they did stuff at um not Evo, the other fighting game thing, the one in um CES. Is that what uh, it is? Uh, the CEO. one in Florida? CEO. CEO. C- right, CES is the electronic show. Yeah. Um AEW their first year did a event like tied with CEO that year. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, so you don't you don't think like a John J- Cena is going to go to AWE though? No, or AEW. no, not Cena. Like really, kind of any of the other big names left in WWE, I, I don't ever see going to AEW. They but... probably just make too much money. Like their contracts are probably for just 
stupid money at that point. Yeah, and also just like a, a little bit of a why. Like, why would they go there at that point in their career? Like, Randy Orton, he has no reason to go to AEW, really. But, yeah, I I don't know. But it's definitely been the most fun few weeks in wrestling in a long time. Like, Punk's match was good. It was what you would expect. Oh, right, that was, like, the big thing, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it, it was what you would expect for a guy who hasn't wrestled in seven years. Like, it wasn't phenomenal. But it was not bad, and it had the perfect mix of letting Darby Allen look really strong, but then still losing because it's CM fucking Punk. Like, of course Punk's going to win his first match, but it wasn't like a two-minute squash match that made Darby Allen look like a chump. Like, no. He Darby Allen won. was the he was the one that in that three way match that um hit the guy with the the skateboard full of thumbtacks, right? Yeah. Is he similar size to CM Punk? Because like no, in that match that Richie and I like, he looked small. Yeah, he's like a few inches smaller and probably 30, 40 pounds lighter. Okay, like, so he is like a small guy. It wasn't just two guys he was up against. No, no, he's like five ten, one seventy. I want to say they say he's 170 pounds, which is probably 10 pounds more than he really is. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> but, uh, like, he's been aligned with Sting for, like, the last year. Like, that Sting the from WCW back in the 90s. Like, cool Sting. Like, Crow. Like, coming from yes. the rafters. Yep. At least until until they couldn't come from the rafters anymore because Owen Hart died. Yeah. Uh, well, on Punk's debut... Uh, Allen, Darby Allen, and Sting were in the rafters for Punk to call out. Like, so I'm curious though. What is like? Is Sting's like? Because I've seen pictures of him like at like conventions and stuff, and like he still does the black and white face paint, right? Yeah. Like, is he still like the like silent broody guy, or is he more like his late WCW or early WCW, where he's a little more like bombastic? Let's uh... say. Uh, probably more like that. Like, they're not having him go out there cut promos all the time, but, you know, he he's not a silent protagonist, <laughs> like, just standing there. Yeah, because, like, that's what I remember, like, from, like, 1997, like, yeah. he, w- he would come down from the rafters, hit people with a baseball bat, stare them down, and then shoot back up into the rafters and like (laughs) very rarely got on the mic but i know like before that and like near the end of wcw he got more vocal on things and and was doing more more mic stuff yeah yeah it's more that but like he's actually in pretty damn good shape for being like 60 whatever the fuck he is mid 50s yeah i guess he would be that old yeah he's been wrestling since like before we were born let's see how old is it staying wrestling he was born in 1959 he is sixty fucking two years old. Yeah, that's. I mean, good for him. Uh, like, uh, semi. Uh, I guess it was within the last month he wrestled a match. Like for a while, at the end of his like TNA run in the mid twenty or like the early twenty tens, mid late two thousands, something like that. He was almost always wearing a T-shirt over his singlet. This match he had recently was not wearing a t-shirt. He looked jacked. It was like, holy shit, this dude's fucking in shape. I wonder if that just means, like, back in TNA, he had just let himself go a little bit. Probably. Uh, yeah, almost, like, for sure. Because, like, the match that you had us watch, like, Jericho didn't didn't look as, like, 
fit as like he used to. Like he was still in better shape than any of us will ever be. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, like he mm-hmm. wasn't like a six pack in muscles. Like he, no. had, you know, he had a little extra going on. Yeah. And yeah, when you get older and you've been beating your body up for a long ass time, you can't take care of it anymore. <laughs> like uh, you... you're not wrong. So that definitely happened to Sting for a while. It happens to almost every pro wrestler for a while. Like once they kind of can't train like they were, they stop looking like they were, <laughs> you know? So, which is like understandable, especially yeah. when like, once you get older, like you're just more prone to injury too. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get hurt, you're out for a year. Like you're not working out because you're injured. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, it's an exciting time for AEW at least. And you know, maybe this pushes raw and SmackDown to do something, but then also like, Vince is apparently taking control of NXT and might be firing a bunch more people from NXT. Triple H apparently had to have emergency heart surgery today. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I just saw that on Twitter, like, right before we were started started recording. And he's not that old either. Like, he's in his no, like, he, mid-40s? Uh, he's probably closer to 50, but... Oh, he's 52. Damn. Okay. But still, I mean, it's not that old to, that, at all, like to need emergency heart surgery. Apparently he no, had some I mean, heart condition that was never previously diagnosed, and he should be fine after that, but... but oh, yeah. I mean, that's good, as long as, like... Because that would suck. Because, like, he... I mean, like, I don't I don't know if he's, like, a decent person in real life, but he, he always seemed like a real good villain. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, like I said, it, it's an exciting time for AEW, especially, and maybe all of wrestling. We'll see. <laughs> You just have a little while to wait. Yep. Well, like Rich said at the top of the show, I played a little bit of um, Psychonauts 2, which, have either of you guys ever played, like, the original Psychonauts? No. No. I, I never did. I kind of, I, I, not kind of, I always wanted to, just never got around to it. Uh, wasn't it, um, like, Xbox exclusive for the longest time, or isn't it still? Um, so it, it's, it was an original Xbox game. I think it was on PS2 also, and I know it's on PC, because I actually... I have it on Steam from, like, a Humble Bundle from years ago, and I've just, I've never played it. Um, I've actually never played Psychonauts 1. I, I knew nothing about it going into Psychonauts 2. Yeah. Um, this game is charming as hell, though, and a lot of fun. That is what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a good platformer. It's not it's not perfect. Like, it's definitely got a little bit of, like, like jankiness to it when it comes to the platforming. Okay. Combat's not the most fun, but it's still good. I, thanks, Rich. I totally skipped that. I forgot all about it. That's fine. Um, yeah, we'll do that next. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun time. I'm probably halfway through or so. Um, do do either do you guys know what Psychonauts is? Like just through osmosis, I've heard a little bit about it in like ravine people talking about it, but really, yeah, the basic idea that I know is that they have like telekinetic power. Sometimes you go into people's heads or something like that. That's the basic idea. That I may have about this game. That's a that's a pretty pretty good basics on it. Yeah. So you play as Raz Rasputin, who is he is a psychic. Um, he is from the the circus though, and his family has been cursed by a psychic that they will die in water. So they like avoid water. So like that like one of the funny things in this game is anytime that you're near water, um, you can't swim. If if you touch it, like this hand comes out, and you basically will bounce on it twice. And then if you hit it again a third time, the hand just drags you under and you die. Okay. Uh, but so his family hates psychics. You are a psychic, though. And you basically, you in the first 
So this game does a very good job of telling you what happened in the first game and in the VR game from a few years ago, Rhombus of Ruin. Okay. By like, there's like a little recap at the beginning of it. And this game basically picks up like it, like you're coming right out of those first two games from, you know, 15 years ago and five years ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is actually like, they, they do a very good job. Like, I don't feel like I necessarily missed anything because they do run you through it and hmm. just keep that plot line going and introduce you to new things and re-explain things as you need them. But cool. Raz goes to camp for psychics and actually gets semi-recruited by the Psychonauts, which are basically, like, the agency that takes care of, like, psychic issues. Okay. And they do. Um, one of the things they do is they have these little doors that they can stick on people's heads, and then anyone that's a Psychonaut can enter the minds. And when you're in, in the people's minds, you can, you know, change their minds and, and fight their inner demons and stuff like that. In a lot of cases, you're, you're trying... The very first mind you go into outside of like the introduction to the game is um is an agent who you're you're technically an intern in this game and she doesn't want the interns to go on missions because it's too dangerous. So you go into her head and you you're trying to link mental ideas together to make her not be afraid for you to go on missions, like make you th- make her think that it's a good idea for you to go on missions. Um so you do that and I forget the exact words, but it's basically like risk and reward are the two things you put together. Like there's no risk without or there's no reward without risk. And that gets her to, you know, in her own mind, figure out like, oh, yeah, no, you guys should should go on this mission. And I'm going to go to and we're going to go we're going to go do this. And then I'm going to make a whole bunch of money for the agency because we're, we're, we're having trouble right now. And that just spirals. And it actually kind of does one of those um like psych shifts to her where she becomes very obsessed with something and it changes everyone's internal mind world whatever you want to call it is themed after something kind of important to them so she was a trained doctor so her initial mindscape is a hospital um after you've kind of like messed with her psyche her mindscape becomes this weird combination of a hospital with a casino so it's a bunch of casino games where they're either themed after hospital things or people are trying to win things you'd get from a hospital like there's um like a like a roulette wheel essentially that um if you win it you get a baby that's how that's how you get babies you don't you don't make babies you you <laughs> win them um so you know just like goofy shit like that the uh the second well, I don't know if it's necessarily the second one cuz the game becomes a little open ended with how you want to do certain things but uh at one point you go into a guy's mind and it's kind of like a a Woodstock um Sergeant Pepper's psychedelic just days I guess would be the best way to put it. Okay. Lots of lots of tie dye, lots of crowds. All of the um the characters you're interacting with that you're trying to help in this one, um, are very much like Sergeant Pepper characters. Like like they're they're dressed like the Beatles were on the Sergeant Pepper's album and everything. Um, and that was actually I think I messaged it to both of you guys. But there's one point where Jack Black is the voice of a character, and there's like just this psychedelic music number with Jack Black singing, and it's it's very out of. It feels out of nowhere for it to be what it is, but it also fits the game perfectly. Okay. And yeah, it's it's been a really it's been a fun game so far. I actually it makes me want to go back and play the original one, but being as old as it is, I just don't know that it'll hold up, especially going back to it after playing through this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you get all sorts of different psychic powers, and it's very much it's got a little bit of that Metroidvania ness to it, where you have to unlock certain powers before you can go back through certain areas. So every mindscape has just a bunch of stuff to collect. 
Um, and there's certain things that you need certain abilities to get through. There's um, there's areas with like spinning fans that you need an ability that slows down time. Uh, you can do this thing called a mind connection where you can find stray thoughts, which are just little thought bubbles, and use them as like zip points to like like you zip to one, and then you can just like just train them together. That's actually how you connect the thoughts in the one mission too. But yeah. there are um, there are dark thoughts that you have to upgrade that ability all the way before you unlock the dark thoughts ability. That sometimes, like, there are paths in the different mindscapes that are these dark thoughts that you have to then follow those to get to, uh, to whatever the, the item is that you're trying to collect. Um, mm. it, it's also got, it seems to, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this, because it's not making light of, like, mental health. Um, it, it's got a lot of comedy wrapped up in it, but it's, it definitely has something to say about mental health in, like, a good way. Um, like, a lot of times, like, when something serious comes up, um, even if it is kind of surrounded by, like, jokey material before you get there, the game sort of, like, slows down at that point and tries to make a point of, like, hey, you're not alone in this. Whether it's, like, depression or um, uh, one character, he, he's literally split. Like, like his, his mind is fractured and he's split into a bunch of different versions of himself. And you're basically trying to, like, help him, like, put the pieces back together, figuratively mm-hmm. and literally. And okay. it's just, it's doing a really good job with that stuff from, at least from what I've seen so far. Yeah, nice. I, yeah. Nice. I would definitely recommend it. It's it's on Game Pass, and I believe it's on Game Pass for PC also. Probably. Yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was one of those games that they showed at E3, so mostly. Yeah, they definitely showed it off at E3. Uh, I just, I wasn't sure if it was a PC Game Pass game also. Because mm-hmm. those are, you know, always a little weird. Um, Everything that showed at E3 is going to be both PC and console Game Pass uh, day one. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, yeah, like I, every- I forgot that's. I knew that. I knew like it was what twenty nine of the thirty three games were like day one to Game Pass. I forgot that it was that many were going yeah. to uh, PC also. Every- yeah, everything that was day one to Game Pass at the show is also going to be day one to Game Pass on PC. Oh, actually, um, real quick, just like side thing. Uh, speaking of Game Pass, I tried a flight simulator. That thing yeah. is super cool. I want to play that. I really do. It's really cool. It's like 150 gigs to download. I believe it. It's got like it's got the mode where you can literally just like fly like you set a flight path like you pick like Philadelphia to New York and you start on Philadelphia's tarmac and you take off and you have to like it it gives you like little like all right and I'll get to this this altitude and then you can start following your flight path and everything and it's got um like flight control stuff constantly reading in the background. And then it's just got, like, adventure flights where you can just pick a destination and it just starts you already in the air and you just fly around. Like, I flew around the fucking pyramids today. Nice. nice. Yeah. Like, and, and that's that one, like, there's no flight control. Um, It seems a little more loose when it comes to, like, how close you can get to the ground without the plane sort of freaking out and everything. So you can really kind of, like, swoop in. Like, I like I flew right on top of the um the Sphinx to, like, get, like, a good look at it. Cool. Yeah. It's neat though. It's it's worth checking out if if when either of you ever sign up for Game Pass, just you know start the download first thing in the morning because it's going to take you a fucking while. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely when I do eventually sign up for Game Pass. It's definitely one of the things that I'm gonna I'm gonna get. Yeah, I will say it. It's a weird game to control. Um, it is if you're if if you have a controller, it's actually easier to play it with a controller and a mouse. I found because um, mm-hmm. c- you can be a little more. You can do everything with the face buttons for the most part, but some of the controls on the plane is actually easier to just, like, click and drag, I've seen. So if you, like, set it to in-cockpit view, you use the, um, 
the controller, the left analog stick to sort of like turn and adjust your altitude and everything. And then you use the, the mouse to actually like adjust your throttle and your pitch and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's neat though. It's neat. Uh, but how about the, the Sony stuff? So yeah, Sony, uh, Sony's backtracking on what they said last week, which I don't even think we got to talk about because it happened after we recorded. Um, I think, but, it, I think we might have just missed it. Yeah. So last week we were told that, uh, there would be no upgrade, no, um, yeah, like, uh, next-gen upgrade for Horizon Forbidden West. So, if you get the PS4 version, there's no way to get the PS5 version unless you buy the PS5 version. And if you buy the PS5 version, there's no way to play it on your PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, they were just, there, you could have gotten, like, the deluxe editions, which was, like, 30, 40 bucks more, something like that, to be able to play it on both. But uh, I guess it also seemed like there was no, like, cross-save save capabilities or anything. I'm not 100% sure on that one. I don't think there were cross-save because, so like, none of these games really have cross-save in general. Like, even stuff like Avengers, like, they didn't have cross-save. It just had the ability yeah. to upgrade your, your save to PS5. Yeah. But once you do that, like, that's it. But I, I don't think there was even that capability to do that. No, because there was no upgrade path at all. Yeah. You were It was just, like you said, it was you could buy the PS4 version, and that would play on PS5, but it was still the PS4 version. Yeah. PS5 version could only play on PS5, and it was 60 bucks for the PS4 or 70 bucks for the PS5. Yeah. Uh, so now, because I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of backlash, um, mm -hmm. they, they backstepped on that. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. You can get the PS4 version and get a free upgrade for the PS5 version. Yeah, so I'm going to read real quick the statement that Jim Ryan released. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> yeah. So he, 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 um, I don't know if this was on a PlayStation blog. I saw it on Twitter, but uh, th this is PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan. Last year, we made a commitment to deliver free upgrades for our cross-gen launch titles, which included Horizon Forbidden West. The pandemic's profound impact pushed Forbidden West out of the launch window we initially envisioned. We will stand by our offer. Players who purchase Horizon Forbidden West on PlayStation 4 will be able to upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version for free. I also want to confirm today that moving forward, PlayStation first-party exclusive cross-gen titles, newly released on PS4 and PS5, both digital and physical, will offer a $10 USD digital upgrade option from PS4 to PS5. This will apply to the next God of War and Gran Turismo 7 and any other exclusive cross-gen PS4 and PS5 titles published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. So there's that. Yeah, so right now, uh, if you're planning on getting Horizon Forbidden West, get it for the PS4 because it's cheaper. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it is $10 cheaper and you will be able to upgrade it for free to the PS5 version. Yeah. And this is just one... like. This is one more in a line of things where, like, it looks like like the people in charge at Sony are not talking to each other. And it seems like the people that are in charge actually don't know anything about the video game market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much sounds about right. Because, like, Sean Layden knew what a video game was. Like, he worked on the PlayStation brand for, like, 30 years or something like that. Um, even, like, Shuei Yoshida, like... That that dude plays video games. Like he, like you can go on his um his PSN profile and like see the games that he has beaten. Um yeah. whereas like I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Ryan has never held a PlayStation controller. <laughs> like he's a suit. Like that's what his job is. His job is to be in charge of things, but he doesn't seem to actually have anybody to tell him what the right moves are. 
like it seems like he's just surrounded himself with other suits whereas like xbox like for the most part the xbox brand at microsoft seems to have a bunch of people in charge who at least know and understand the video game market to some extent Mm -hmm. like they know what people want to see out of games and they're trying to point in that direction as best as they can while still maintaining like their business yeah yeah it's just it's it's crazy that like stuff like this has to keep happening and i yeah 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 it's it's just like like you said like they're just they're not they're not paying attention not, they don't know what's going on and it's like it, 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 that was just ridiculous that there wouldn't be any way to update it initially and like oh no we can you can do it for free now like after like people complained about it it's like you obviously knew people were going to want this like, yeah and it, it's almost assuredly going to be a huge hassle to do anything to Oh yeah, it's it's going to be the same thing with Final Fantasy and and Avengers, and it's going to be it's going to be the worst. It's going to be the absolute worst because like Sony's like background, Sony's like uh like like uh, what is it like use UI for their online system and for their for the system in general is just so bad. The fact that I have to determine which version I'm playing when I'm playing a game, like if I have both installed, is ridiculous. I'm, you, I shouldn't have to have both installed. I should have just been able to in, update No Man's Sky to the PS5 version, and it delete the PS4 version and update my saves to the PS5 version. I shouldn't have lost the 14 hours of time that I did mm-hmm. because I was playing on the PS4 version and not the PS5 version. Yeah. Like which it's, is what... That, that is something that happened. And yeah, the Xbox just a smart delivery. Like, I don't understand why why they don't, both don't do that. Like... If if one console can do it, they should both be able to just determine like, oh, you are playing on this hardware, you can play this game. Like, yeah. obviously, it knows what hardware you're on, or it wouldn't let you play the PS5 games to begin with. Exactly. Right. And like, nobody wants to play the PS4 version of a game on their PS5. There's no reason to do that. Like, the only reason I had the PS4 version was because I guess the PS5 version wasn't out yet when right. I first installed yeah. it. Probably. But like, not. once a PS once a PS5 version came out. Like, it should have just been a free, up, like, an automatic free update for anybody who had the game, that the game had a free PS5 update. No, that's exactly how the Xbox works. Like, yeah. I, I, I had things installed that did, that were base Xbox One stuff. Um, and then it got a next gen upgrade and it either became on, on my Xbox dashboard, it is either Xbox Series X enhanced for something that is still technically like, an Xbox One game, but it's just got, you know, better frame rates or, or what have you. Or yeah. it became a full Series X game if it actually had a next-gen patch. Yeah. And it just, it did that automatically. Like, I just turned my Xbox on one day and the things were moved into a different category. Yeah, like, Sony is starting to go the route of PCs where it's like, it like, if you don't know what you're doing with a PC, if you don't know to look up and make sure all your drivers are updated, like, once every, like, like once a month or so like you're not gonna know this like you have to jump through hoops in order to understand all this stuff yeah i mean it's the same thing with with their hard drive too like the fact that you have to buy a hard drive that they it's still technically beta so they don't have a list of compatible hard drive you have to also buy the right sized heat sink to go with it um because they're not selling them themselves and then you have to install it and if you've never installed um an nvme drive like they're weird Like, they're not hard to do, but there's definitely, like, a lot of second guessing going into that if you've never done it before. Yeah. Whereas, like, the Xbox is just like, here's, give us $300, here's a thing that just pops into the back of your Xbox. Yeah. 
it gives you a terabyte of space. Yeah, Have fun. It's, it's so Sony is becoming very out of touch with its consumer base. There, it's like they traded. You know, like Sony was like this in the PS3 era, where they just uh, didn't know what the mm-hmm. consumer wanted, and then Xbox was it in the Xbox One era, like when when that era launched. Yep. And now they're they they just traded roles again. It's like, yeah. come on, guys, like. Y'all can both do what the consumer wants and still make money. It'll be okay. Mm, right. Because, yeah. like, at this point, like, like, all Sony has going is its first-party stuff. And they don't have any first-party games right now. Yeah. At least not that and, I want to play. And that's, and that's like, the biggest problem with, like, the whole console wars and everything is, like, both consoles are trying to differentiate themselves from the other one. But, like, come on. We all just want to play games. So, like, you can be, like you said, you can be the same. The Xbox and the and the PlayStation, the Xbox. Uh, uh, let's see, what are we at? The Xbox Series S. So the Xbox Series X One and the PlayStation Six can be the exact same fucking machine. <laughs> Both companies will make money off. Yeah, like that's just it's that's that's how it is. Yeah, it's just it's such a like I get it. It's business. Like they're they're marketing for stuff, but it's just it sucks. Like last gener like honestly, the last like two generations. Xbox was the thing that I, I used for, like, certain games, and then the PlayStation is where I kind of went for everything else. Yeah. And, like, this generation so far, like, I've only really grabbed first-party stuff for PlayStation, because, like, my Xbox has Game Pass. Like, a, yeah. a lot of time, like a lot of the third-party games I've wanted to try, I've tried on Game Pass or on Switch, because I can play in handheld mode. Um, and then Xbox actually lets you gift things digitally. Yeah. So... Like, there were games that I got for, like, my birthday and stuff that I had Erica just buy them digitally for me because I didn't want the fucking cases. I didn't want to have to keep swapping games out for, like, $30 games. Like, $60 games are different. Like, I, I don't know why in my head, but, like, a $60 or $70 game, I don't mind having the having the physical version for. I don't always go for it, but, like, I don't mind. But for, like, smaller games or, like, older games, like, if I'm not paying full price, I'd rather just have it digitally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is weird, but... No, it's... I, I would... Prior to getting the PC, like, if I if I had the Xbox One, or Xbox Series X as well, and, it, like, I did it with the PS4 and the Xbox One, like, I got everything for the PS4, because I knew more people that played on that. I had the, C- the Xbox One for exclusives, which I eventually just was like, I- I'm just over it, I'm done with it. Now that I have the PC, unless there's an exclusive game coming out for the PS5, I'm most likely going to be getting my games on the PC, because most of the people that I play games with are going to be playing on the PC. So all your friends are nerds, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's also like it's also cheaper to game on the PC because uh, what was that game that we reviewed uh, or not reviewed? We played the demo of um, that. Like me and you, like Jordan, you weren't a fan of. It was that anime game, um, oh. Scarlet Nexus. Scarlet Nexus. Less than a month after it was released, it was thirty dollars off on Steam. It, yeah, no, it was thirty bucks on console too. But, like, like it's just PC gaming is, like, I, I you can get so many more games for cheaper on PCs, and there's I, just such a bigger library. That, that is a, true. There is a bigger library. I do feel like the console uh, digital game sales have gotten incredibly competitive with Steam sales. Yeah, I, th- I think the difference there is, like Rich said, like, there are just, there are more games and a, and a larger variety of games on PC because... It's very easy for like small developers to develop for PC and release on Steam versus yeah, mm-hmm. especially like small small developers that can't afford to pay 
the fees to actually get their game onto Xbox or PlayStation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, but like, Rich, I would argue, you know, it's not cheaper to play on PC because the entry level is so high and yeah. keeping keeping your PC at a level that it can keep playing the newest games is, it becomes very expensive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I, I spent $2,000, well, about $1,800 before warranty and shit on my PC. Yes, it's expensive. Like, that but is... But this PC... That is... This PC... Four PS5s. But this PC will last me at least two generations. <laughs> Probably. My previous PC lasted me ten years. So, yes, uh, you, you can use that PC for ten years, but you're not going to be playing game... You're not going to be playing modern games in, in five years on it. I, no, it was my previous PC. It was like within the past two years that I couldn't play modern games. Like I like, and, and and a lot of the issues was RAM. Um, if I had if I had gone through the process of updating my old PC like five years later to a better graphics card or something, I would have been able to play better. But I never did that. And so if I keep up on this, yes, if I spend another three four hundred dollars on a new graphics card, because hopefully the chip shortage will be dealt with in like a few years like and 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 uh pc prices or pc part prices should lower like as long as i keep up with the actual pc itself and and buy parts that like at when when i need them and not just all at once it it, it in the long run could be cheaper if not equally as expensive as a console i it Plus, definitely equals it it ends up being a little bit more but you do it's not a bad investment. Like if if you like playing games on PC, there there are a yeah. lot of games that you're not going to be able to play on console, especially the games that you want to play, like the survival games and stuff like that. Yeah, but plus take away the sixty dollars a year for not having to pay to play games on, and take away, um, like I said, they, there's a bigger a bigger catalog, and and yes, there the 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 sales on consoles have become very competitive, but still not really as good as the sales on Steam. I, again, I, I I feel a lot of the things on Steam that really go on sale are the things that no one's going to buy anyway. Normally, and like, like this is not a indie Civ, game. It's Civ, smaller indie game. The but. entirety of Civ Six, everything available for Civ Six, is on sale for thirty bucks right now. But how old That's is Civ Six? That's two hundred and nineteen dollars worth of shit. It might not be on sale anymore, but two hundred and nineteen dollars worth of stuff is on sale for. 30 bucks on Steam. Yeah, but you figure that game's from 2016. So it's not like it's a new game. So if you, and like the games that you play definitely do go on sale more because, I mean, Civilization is a different, a different story, but like you do play a lot, like they're not so much indie games, but they're like the, the smaller studio, like survival games and stuff like that. Like your, your Valheims and, uh, what was that? The it's Long Dark, is that one of the ones that you play? Uh, that, that's one I, I, I have played that once, but no, you're, you're thinking, uh, The Forest. The forest. Um, like you play stuff like Which, that, where games like that, because they're not, you know, they're not a Ubisoft or an EA or a 2K game, they do get incredible sales, and they're just they're not on console generally, or if they are, they're they're not really meant for console. Seven Days to Die and The Forest are both on console. Seven Days to Die was they used uh, the the fun pimps who developed Seven Days to Die used an outsourced company to actually develop it for console. And then they haven't supported it for a while because A, they weren't making money, and B, they haven't had the company that they were using shut down. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but they plan on getting a new company to do it once they actually release the final version of their game, 
Because although Seven Days to Die has been out for almost 10 years now, it's still an alpha testing. Yeah, but you figure um, the games that I play, they go on really cheap sales on console all the time. Like, I've gotten to the point where, like, I buy more games when they're, like, $20 or less on console um, than I do full price anymore. Yeah, it's, I mean... It just comes down to, like, what's, like, the stuff that goes on sale on Steam, I would not waste my money on because I would never touch them even if I wanted to play games on PC. The stuff I'd want to play is still usually 40 to 60 bucks. But I bet, like, the games you're looking at for, like, the games that I'm interested in playing are the games that I'm seeing that are coming on sale on Steam. Games you're interested in playing, if I were to add those to my wish list that were available on Steam, they would be on sale on the same time frame as... as... No, like, I have games that, I, like, that I've added to, like, Steam wish lists over the years just to, like, keep an eye on them. That, like, they never really go on sales that I would want to spend that money for, but I've seen them go on similar sales on, on console at the same time. The entirety of everything for console Civ 6 that has been released is $28 on PSN right now. I wonder, how, do you know how and much that is versus what the PC has? It's twenty nine eighty eight for Civ 6 Anthology. Uh, it's the same Rise and Fall and Gathering Storm and New Frontier passes. I don't know if the additional leader and DLC packs are on console or not, but like Civ is also on sale on PlayStation, right? But let's but let's, again, be, let's be clear. No one should play Civ on PlayStation. No, <laughs> probably not. No, like you could get away with it on Switch because of the touchscreen. I feel, but yeah. um, don't play it with a. I I don't I don't even like those games, and I would never touch those with a uh, with a fucking controller. You need to be able to click and drag and move things. Yeah, I can't get into. But yeah, so Sony to just to to circle back because we got way off track there. Uh. Yeah, Sony changed their mind with uh, for Horizon Forbidden West's upgrades after a bunch of backlash. Like, rightfully so. Like, they did. That was a game that they said would have an upgrade. And because it got pushed out of that release window because of COVID, they just they completely backtracked on it and then made it impossible to actually upgrade. You either had to spend full price for it, whether you could play it or not, or actually spend even more to buy a deluxe edition. Yeah. yeah. And, like, frankly, like the fact that that. that you still can't get PS5s and that it's currently being like rumored and projected that they won't be readily available until 2023. Um, that's just fucked. Like, so like people that want to play this game now, but also want to be able to play it when they eventually can get their hands on a PS5, just, they just have to fork out more money and hope it works out for them. Yeah. And especially with, with no, um, without an upgrade, there was no save upgrade path either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. So, Sony's just making weird fucking decisions. Yeah. But anyway, Richie, what sort of decisions did you make on Mars last night? Oh, man. So, yeah, I, on a stream last night, uh, because I, it was on my wish list on Steam, and so it just happened to be free. Uh, uh, and it's still free for you guys, at least. It's still free through today. So as long as you add it to your library, you always have it. Um, it was uh, uh, Surviving Mars. It is from the uh, Paradox Interactive. It's the same people who make City Skylines. And so, like, I've always heard of it. It was actually when I bought the DLC for City Skylines on the PS5. Uh, you can actually listen to the music from Surviving Mars while playing City Skylines. It's one of the things they added for the DLC. Um, it's it's an interesting game. Cause... So, Rich, real quick, just to, just to elaborate. This game was actually made by... I can't read it from this far away... Heymanmont Games. Paradox is the publisher. Yeah, so I mean, it's published by Paradox. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't really know much about public. I, I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, it was <laughs> it was published by Paradox. It was made by Hamamont Games, which I don't know who that is. Um, They've been around for a while, apparently. 24 years? Oh, they're, yeah. they're Bulgarian. Um, they do a lot of strategy and city building stuff, though. Yeah, apparently they did, like, Tropico 4. And uh, 5. I think. And okay. 5, yeah. And three. Um, <laughs> they've done. They've done a bunch of tropicos. Yeah. So I. I think what had happened was they re- recently re- recently released a new uh a, a patch or a new uh, DLC for the game. And so to get more people to buy it and buy the DLC, they they made the game free on Steam. So I jumped in and I got the vanilla version because it was free on Steam, and I played it on stream. And that game is it's interesting. Um. When I first jumped in, I considered not playing the tutorial. I'm glad I spent the hour to play the tutorial because there is a lot. You have to manage, like uh, you have to manage water and and resource gathering. You have to manage food for the people. It's not like I I went into it expecting like a, a kind of like a city builder sim thing like uh like city skylines, but it was it's a survival simulator essentially. And so you you start off with excuse me, just your drones, and they start gathering materials and building, like, power depots and things like that, and you explore more of, like, your your landing site. You have to send back and call down ships for resupply if you need resupply, um, eventually getting to a point where you get the, quote, the founders to come and land on, uh, on uh, uh, which is the first 12 people to come land on Mars, and they have to survive 10 souls, I believe before you can get more people. So then it's trying to manage and make sure that they have enough power and and resources and food and everything while still continuing to explore, gathering the resources you need to be able to upgrade or not even upgrade, repair um your 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 uh your your buildings and such. And it's just like it is a lot more intricate than I was expecting. And it's like kind of what little I've played of Civ, it's kind of very Civ like just on Mars, and without having to, like, actually play against people. So, did, but you said you, you've never been able to get into Civ. Were you also not really able to get into this? This this was different, because it wasn't the whole, like, it wasn't turned, like, when I say it's Civ bait, it's, like, Civ similar, like, Civ has, like, the whole turn base and everything, where this is just, it's all real time. There's no other, like, people landing on, on Mars. It's just you surviving Mars. But the way you're doing it to me is kind of civ-like, where you're getting, you're researching new uh, technologies, you're exploring the land to see if you can find more minerals. It's like real-time strategy, cross with survival, cross with civ. It's like kind of all connected. And I was like, I really got into it. Um, I played two games uh, during my stream after uh, playing the tutorial. Uh, one of them uh, within, I think within a half hour. I knew I was going to lose. I knew I was going to die, and the game was going to be over, so I quit out and started a new one. And the new one I, I was doing really well on, started to understand the game mechanics a little bit more. And it's just like, it is, it's, it's a very interesting game to play. And it does, the, the, the it looks good, too. Like, visually, it looks very nice. Okay. Um, also, it looks like it is no longer on, it's no longer free. No. That sucks. It was supposed to be free through uh, September eighth. So. Today's the eighth. Uh, it, it is the eighth. Well, it's special. It um, it, it I is. Think it was... It's seven forty nine now, and that's yeah. available until the thirteenth. 
So it's still very cheap considering it looks like it's usually yeah. 30 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, if it was through the 8th, I don't know if they set it to be their time, which, you know, it's like 4 in the morning in Bulgaria now. Oh. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know what time Steam... Uh, like, you know how, like, the PlayStation Store updates at, like, 11 or 12 or something like that, East Coast time? I don't think Steam is that is like that. I think Steam is kind of rolling. Like, I don't think there's a hard set time for things on Steam. Yeah, no, that is that is probably true, just because it's Steam. Like, what do they care? So, uh, according to PC Gamer, it was offerless until September 8th, so maybe it was until today. Like, I saw September 8th, so to me that meant it would be, it was through today, but I'm not really sure. Yeah. Who knows? At, at this point, until the 13th, you can get it for 750 at least. Yeah, yeah. which is still, I think that's a, a that's a fair price. Um, 75% looking, off. Yeah, and looking at, the, like, I could get all the DLC for 2113, which is cheaper than the game itself. And, like, that would include buying the game, though. So, um, let's see. Radio. No, I think you're getting a discount because you already have the game. Because there's a uh, bundle with all the DLC that's showing as 2660 for me. Okay, so the bottom one, Buying Survival Mars First Colony Edition bundle? Yeah. Yeah, so it's 2113 for me. So, it's, so there, yeah. yeah. You get get a $5 discount because yeah. you already have the base game. Yeah, and so the uh, uh, Below and Beyond is the most recent DLC launched on the 7th of this, of this month. Which is why they did the free okay. game and everything. Um, I didn't know this game was that was only released in 2018. I thought it was kind of older. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it's it's a really interesting kind of simulation game that I I it, like. There's a lot to manage and micromanage and and have to keep track of. It's just it's really cool and I I really enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah. So how how about the Metroids? Uh, so Jordan. Did you know that I've never played a basic Metroid game? I haven't either, so... Really? Yep. I, I, I at least thought maybe you have. Like, back in the day, I think we had the original Metroid on NES, but I didn't understand it, so I didn't play it a lot. It's a weird like, game. I, it, it, it's... Yeah, because it's very much the, the, the Metroidvania style. Um, It's, like, it's also kind of, in a way, roguelite, where, like, the maps don't change... But, like, if you die, you go back to the beginning. You get to keep everything you found, and, 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 like, and, and, but, like, you don't have a map, and you go back to the beginning of the area that you died in. Like, it's, like I said, roguelite. Very, very light roguelite. Uh, no, like, that's nothing. That, that would not be in the discussion of anything being roguelike. I said light. Or light. It is, it would, I forget what, uh, the Berlin Convention. Not even going to consider Metroid as a no. I, I I I like. I didn't say it was. It's very much like it's just a like roguelike. It's, it's the fucking it's, game. That's what games did. Well, like I like I didn't know. I didn't realize that if you died, it, it, like hey, I didn't realize that if like I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, but you like, didn't know I didn't that it sent you back to the beginning. Like I knew it sent you back to the beginning of the game, but I didn't know a that there's so many different regions in this game, and B, that when you died, it brought you back to the beginning of that area and not of the game. Like, I... It's just... It is it is an interesting and tough game, the original myth. Um, I was able to make it through a lot of, like, the base Brinstar area, which is where you get um, your, your first missiles, 
you get your uh your 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 roll bombs with your morph ball bombs and and the long beam i was able to get all a lot of that stuff and a higher energy tank but like i kept getting lost because there's no map i didn't know where to go what was the right way to go there's like i didn't know that i needed five missiles to open a red door like and it doesn't explain any of this to you you just have to find it out which yeah, is really and, cool but yeah, also at the same time like how do you figure that out so what was your prior to to this you had played metroid prime right i had played metroid prime a little bit of it i don't think i ever really beat metroid prime and i had played other m but i never played like metroid and maybe a very small bit of metroid fusion but not like not enough to actually have like counted playing a metroid game like other m because people say it doesn't count. Um, it's I never played a base Metroid game. Um, like other M was very, very much a a Metroid game, but it's still like it was still so much different. Yeah, and uh, like from I never played other M, but from what I've seen and heard of it, it really was nothing like a traditional two D Metroid game. Yeah. Whereas, so I've never really played much of the original Metroid. Um, I actually I I booted it up on the Switch. Uh, two days ago just to like poke around at it for a minute like i didn't realize there wasn't a map yeah that's the hardest part there's no map so you just have to remember where you're going and where you went it's like that's so i've played super metroid a whole bunch and metroid fusion which are both very similar in how they play like i mean, and so is the original metroid you know that's that's why games are called metroidvanias like you go through the game, you get you get different abilities and weapons that then let you get to other parts of the yeah. game. But both of those games have very useful maps that fill in as you go, and you can generally tell, like, all right, it looks like there should be another room here, so let me lay a bomb or fire a missile and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And just everything is color-coded, so you know, like, the green door gets this type of missile, the pink door gets this type, this door needs eight missiles or what have you. Yeah. And so, like, I'm, I'm looking through, I actually went on Reddit and found a map, and I'm looking through, and there's, there's purple doors, which I don't know what the purple doors need. Red doors, so it's red, purple, blue, and yellow. I don't know what the yellow needs, I don't know what the purple needs, all I know is red needs five missiles. Um, which is similar so now, to Super Metroid. Yeah, so now I need to just make my way through, um, and, like, again, looking at this map, I'm finding out that, like, there's somewhere that, like, I kind of miss stuff in. Because I didn't know that there was a path below me that I could go to. Oh yeah, like that's you'd be you should on the on the Switch online. Um, there are two other Metroid games on there that are the the specials where it just has stuff unlocked. You should load those up and just see like how much like health and weird shit you get because you know yeah you've you've got the two types of missiles. You got regular missiles and super missiles. I think in that game, uh, plus like the morph ball and the bomb. And then you just get so much health in that game. Like, just so much health. <laughs> it's looking like you get missiles. Um, I, I Like, it doesn't look like, according to this map, there's a super missile. But there are bombs and ice beams. Okay. Yeah, and then in Super Metroid, you get, there's like two or three different types of beams, plus the charge shot. There's like a like a running, like, um, I forget what they're called. It's basically like boots that make you run really fast and you can jump really high when you're running really fast. It's the high um, jump boots, probably. Yeah, and then there's regular missiles, super missiles, bombs, super bombs for lack. I don't know what, what they're called, something else. 
Um, that game that game has a lot more plus just oodles yeah. and oodles of health. Yeah. So it's just it's 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 kind of mind blowing how difficult this game is. Yeah. I wonder if that game actually had a map in the box. So the original Legend of Zelda, um, you actually the only way to like really beat that if you've never played it before is with a map. And the game came with a map, like a physical yeah. map in the box that it showed you where the dungeons were so you knew where to go to progress through the game. Um, rather than just, you know, starting the game and just not knowing what to do and potentially ending up in, like, the wrong dungeon. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Metroid had, like, a similar map insert to help you get through the, the thing. And maybe it didn't tell you where all the items were, but at least let you see the, the layout so that you could try and, like, plot your way through it. Yeah, I, I I doubt that. If anything, I think there would have been something in like Nintendo Power Mag if Nintendo ba- Power Magazine was out during the release of. I don't know. Let's find out. Yeah. Um, Nintendo Power. Nineteen eighty eight was the first one. August of ninety eight. Eighty. No, you know it might have been because it looks like uh, eighty six was the first Metro. Oh no no, I'm sorry. The first Metroid came out two years prior to Nintendo Power. Yeah, so it it probably wouldn't be in... It might be in Nintendo Power, but it probably wouldn't. It would have been two years later, which wouldn't have really been all that helpful. <laughs> I don't know. It's for People played these games a lot, so maybe for the kids who didn't know, it would have been helpful. Maybe it's just like, oh, here's a, a two-year anniversary of the race of Metroid. Here's what the map looks like, everyone, uh, type of thing. But it's just, yeah, it's crazy. There is no, well, at least not in the instruction booklet, the map. So I know that the Zelda one was a separate insert. Like, it was actually, like, a big, like, fold-open map. Okay. Because it was, it was a world map. Like, it showed you the entire map of Zelda so that yeah. you could find the dungeons and stuff. Yeah. And, and so maybe maybe that was in this. But, like, I'm looking through this map, and I'm just, like, I, I, I know there's no way I'd be able to progress with this game without something. Yeah, no, that's one of those games where there is just too much going on. Yeah, there's just, it is, it's just, it, it's huge. It's just freaking huge. Like, I like I, I was getting lost going to the same places. Like, I was like, do I need to go down or do I go up? Which way do I go here? Like, it, it, it's it's just... I it, I love it. I love what they did to it. Or I love how they did this. But it's, like, that's the one thing I need to make my gameplay a lot easier. Like, I, I don't know if you guys have watched my streams or just ever watched me play games. Like... I'm constantly checking the maps of any game I'm playing if there's a map available. Because I need to know if I'm going the right way. Because I don't really have a sense of direction outside of a map. And so, for instance, in Monster Hunter Stories 2, you press the the plus button, it opens up the map, it tells you where to go, and then I orient myself when I get out of the map. And I'm like, alright, great. Then I always press it a couple more times to see if I missed anything. Because the further you open up the map, the more it'll show, like, treasure chest or maybe caves or something like that. And so, like, I'm always checking the map because that helps me center myself and know that I'm kind of going the right way. Or not even the right way, the wrong way. The way that, like, I can go, if you get what I'm saying. Like, you might want to just skip right to Super Metroid. Like, yeah. you're, you're not really missing much, like, narratively because, like, those those early NES games didn't have a whole lot of narrative anyway. Um mm-hmm. And, like, Super Metroid is just arguably the better game. It, it does have a little bit of story to it. Um, it does pick up when, like, it gives you a rundown of what happened at the beginning, if I remember correctly. So, like, there's, like, a little text scroll when you start the game. And I believe it tells you what happened in the original Metroid. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I, 
I'm probably still just going to play through this Metroid um, and not, like, skip it. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, if that's what you want to do, I just, Super Metroid is just, it's a better game in basically every way. And it has a map, so you can, like, figure out where you're going. It's got save rooms so that you can, like, if you do die, like, you just load back to the closest save room you saved at. Yeah, I, like, this game isn't that big to need save, like, it, it essentially does have save rooms at the beginning of each area, so... Like, if you die in Norfair, you come back in Norfair. If you die in Lair, you come back in Lair. Yeah. And it's just like, once I get to, say, Ridley's Lair, which is not connected to anything except Norfair, once I defeat Ridley, I'm going to have to go all the way back through Ridley's Lair, Norfair, and Brinstar just to get to, say, Mother Brain. Yeah, these games are, are, it's a lot of (laughs) backtracking. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, I was was enjoying it. I, I was hoping to beat it before... Or to beat this and Super Metroid at least before uh, Dread comes out, probably not going to happen. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it the old college try. I might hold off on getting Dread until I beat these two, and if I can find a a, a ROM for Fusion, I might try playing that. But I don't know. Well, you also you have to get Metroid Prime or Metroid Two: Samus Returns. <sighs> yeah, that's I mean that's a game. Boy. No, they remade it on um on Switch like two years ago. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so because there was a lot of contention when that came out because there's actually a fan remake called another Metroid 2 remake, if I remember correctly. It's like AM2R. That is mm-hmm. um, arguably a better remake than what Nintendo did. Yeah. But obviously, like, it's a fan remake, so it's not legal. But but yeah, if, if you're going to play all of them, you got to play that and then Super Metroid and then Fusion, and then you can get Dread. Yeah, we'll see. You need the whole 32-year um, story, man. I just, I just, I just, I really want to, like, play these and... And I really, I'm super interested in it. I really want to. Yeah, that's why I I think if you like Metroid, Super Metroid, uh, you'll probably like Dread. I wouldn't I wouldn't claim that you'll like Dread based on Metroid 1 because it, it, it is such a different game. Yeah. But I think Super Metroid is basically the, in a lot of ways, like, it's, it's kind of the way A Link to the Past for Zelda is really the, the game that set every other Zelda up going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Metroid is the same way. Like every other side-scrolling Metroid game is like based off of Super Metroid in a way. That's that's one other, and that's Metroid Dread. Oh no, Fusion well, no, and Dread. There's only two. And then also um, Zero Mission, the remake of one, is styled much closer to Super Metroid. Oh, because Zero Mission is is Metroid One remade on GBA, but it had a um an opening mission where you play a Zero Suit Samus without the uh without the the okay. armor. Okay. Um, but yeah, so how about that, the, the Team Fortress 2 stuff that you asked us to listen to, Rich? Uh, yeah, so there is a podcast out there called Reply All. It's, they generally do, like, sometimes techie-based stories, they'll go a little bit more political sometimes, but, like, they do tend to, like, lean on a lot of the tech-based, like, stories out there, and, uh, they recently released an episode that was called, um... I am not a bot, I believe is what it was called. And it, it's it's about, yeah, it's called I'm not a bot. It's episode 178. And it's about how one of the producers and, and, and writers and hosts of the show, Alex Goldman, he loves playing Team Fortress 2, but as of late and within the past couple of years, botting for your characters has blown up to the point where you can't even step outside without dying immediately. And, and I just, I found the whole... Um, the whole podcast very fascinating because 
I didn't, A, I didn't know that there was still such a big community for Team Fortress 2. Um, but, like, that kind of surprised me. But I didn't know that there was also, like, this whole community of botters that are just like, yeah, we do it for the lulls. That's really all. We do and it because you don't like it. And even then, like, the, the one guy that he managed to get, like, a text interview with didn't even seem like they were doing it for that. Like, they just did it because they could. They had no reason to do it. They don't watch it. They don't. Yeah. They don't care. It's just a thing they can do, so they do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's kind of fucked up. Because, like, you are taking away the enjoyment of other people's cap- ability to play this game. Because you're just like, oh, I can write this program. I'm going to do it. And then they do it. And so, like, there has been this outcry of people trying to get to Valve, say, hey, do something about this. Stop these bots. And, like, even at the end of the uh, uh, the the, the uh, podcast, they said that they were able, that, like, they've seen, they, they were able to find, like, interviews and talks with somebody from Valve. It was Gabe Newell. It was Gabe Newell. I, I, that name was in my head, and I thought it was him, but I couldn't remember. Like, they've had talk, they found things with Gabe Newell where he's just like, we're working on it. But, like, very insincere. Like, he just doesn't care. And they I mean, don't he care. doesn't care. He has all the money. He, yeah. he moved to New Zealand just to, to get, get away from everything. Like, Valve is not a good company. Like, they don't do no. anything worthwhile. And from, from what they were saying on this podcast, like, there, there's nobody that doing anything there. Like, everyone is just allowed to do whatever the fuck they want as long as Steam keeps making money. So, like, they don't care about making, like, they care about making games, but every person just wants to make their own game. They have no desire to make what people want or to update their games that already exist. Yeah, and that's that's absolutely what they said in the podcast and on a bunch of articles that they looked up and researched. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it is a 14-year-old game. I sort of understand them not giving a shit about going and patching it at this point. But you know, if you still have people, like, if you have the servers online and people actively playing it, you should at least be doing some sort of just basic maintenance or just turn the fucking servers off at that point. If nobody at the company gives any fucks about this game, turn the servers off so that people stop trying. (laughs) Well, I don't know that Valve runs servers for this game. No, I think they do. I don't think that's a people run their own servers sort of game. No, like, all old, like, Counter-Strike is... Old Counter Strike is a peer to peer server yeah. game. It is not yeah, but this a is Valve an old Counter Strike. This no, is no, older this is... than Counter Strike One Point or than Counter Strike Source. Like yeah, this, this is, game is this from is... two thousand seven. It's 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 P to P servers for this game. It's like I jump in, I like I could be running my own server, or just my machine would be running the server if I create my own game. If we were to all play together, it'd be running off of one of our machines, not running off of something Valve has set up. Yeah. Um, but uh, over over the past uh, few days, they've averaged about 80,000 players on Team Fortress 2. Like, they, their, min, their, their low ball on September 2nd was about 48,000. Wow. And they're, they're currently, uh, this is according to Steam charts, they're currently at about 80,000 players. 82,000 players. So, like, there's still a large, like, that's a large community playing this game. Yeah, I mean, it is the fifth. Well, our, one question is, how many of those eighty thousand are bots? And that's, that, that's, that's why I was just problem. thinking: is it eight? So right now on my screen on Steam charts, it says there's eighty thousand eight hundred thirty-three people playing. 
Is that 80,000 bots and then 833 actual people trying to play or, or what? I, I think I think it's I think it there's there's more people to bots, but the bots are You're just probably so right. over the bots are just so overwhelmingly good or so overwhelmingly cheating that it feels like there's a lot of bots. It might just be one or two bots. Well it probably is just like thing. one one per game, but it's just well, as soon as you start, it just instantly kills you. But yeah. well in that podcast he was saying there was a time he jumped into a game. There were eight bots in the game. Yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. he did say that. <laughs> or yeah, whatever. And it's, like, there were too many bots for them to then vote kick bots, because yeah. the bots wouldn't vote, so they couldn't yeah. get a majority vote to kick the bots. Yeah, and that's that's the problem is with, with Team Fortress 2, if you're going to play it, you have to actually have enough friends to play it in case you get a bot joining your, your, your server. And it's just like, I don't know, it was just, it was a really good story, and it was just really fascinating to hear that like a team fortress 2 still has this large of a, potentially this large of a community even if it is eight and eighty ninety thousand bots it's still a couple uh, tens of thousands of people running these bots so like they're still utilizing this game like you would think that like with with a playership this high steam would care or valve would care about it. it's you it's, would think that wouldn't you <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, their their all time peak according to Steam charts is one hundred and fifty thousand. So they're still more than they're they're just over half of that still playing currently right now. Like it's yeah, I like I I don't I don't really know where else to go with this, but it's just like it was a very fascinating podcast, and this just makes me think like how many other like if I were to try to go back and play Counter Strike, either the original or the new one, like is that full of bots as well? Is Not the like, new well, one because no. it's it's an esports game, so it's yeah, still yeah. it matters. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like com- companies dump money into that game. Like cheating is fucking treated with a hammer when that happens. Yes. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you go into Source or one point six, yeah, you're probably going to find a lot about. Yeah, but uh, Global Offensive probably not met. And and looking through Steam charts, it averages eighty thousand. So like. It back when the game first came out in 2012, like August and October were its peak months at 107,000, But overall, it's generally around 75 to 85, 90,000 for 14 years or however long. Yeah, for uh, 10 yeah. years. 10 years. This game uh, is uh. still running that high in numbers. Yeah, that's incredible that it's it's been around that long. Yeah. See, I, it's like I I would love to hear if any of our listeners do still play it. If they've encountered this problem, and, and like if they want to talk about it, like send us an email or whatever, to, or, or message us on on socials, because like it, it kind of made me want to install Team Fortress Two just to see how bad it was. I mean, have either of you guys ever played Team Fortress Two? Super that- little, probably in like two thousand. <laughs> okay, yeah. you see, the only Valve game I've ever played is Portal. Like I've never, I've never played any of the Half Lifes or Team Fortress. Like when I had Orange Box, the only thing I played on it was Portal. I, I played, I played a lot of uh, original Counter Strike and Source, and then I played um, Team Fortress Two for a little bit. And I, I, I wonder if I can find Two on my uh, thirty-three minutes <laughs> I've played of Team Fortress Two. Like I think I actually own the Orange Box on PC from when I was at GameStop. And I don't think I've ever actually played any of the games on. Mm-hmm. No, according to according to this to Steam, like none of them have ever been opened. Yeah, so where's um, Team Fortress? Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't even know how long ago I, I bought them, because it unfortunately doesn't tell you that. Half-Life 2, I played... No way! That's bull. Oh, maybe the other times I played it was Eric's safety. It says I only played Half-Life 2 for seven hours, which is You bullshit. also might have played it before Steam kept log of that? Probably. Oh, that's true, yeah, because I didn't do that, that like, that long. Yeah, because, like, I... I... I know I've played more than 152 hours of Counter-Strike Source. <laughs> That's <laughs> Or 40 minutes. And I've definitely played more than 40 minutes of base-ass Counter-Strike. I've probably no. played more like nope. 4,000 hours of base-ass Counter-Strike. <laughs> You've played yeah. maybe 15 minutes, let's be real. <laughs> the rest of the time you were being killed by bots. Um, I my, my, my big game back in the day was Day Defeat Source. I loved that. Uh... Uh, you know what? I guess I did play a couple of those when we used to go to that. Um, yeah, the bleeding edge. Yeah, but oh, yeah, the bleeding edge, man. Are those actually are, like Counter Strike's not a Valve game, is it? Yeah, it is. Is it, it okay? Is. I wasn't sure. Yep. That's why. That's why there's only been Counter Strike and Counter Strike Source and no Counter Strike Three because Valve doesn't do threes. Well, they there's Global Offensive to be the third, but none of them are numbered. So. Then, 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 Counter Strike Source is it is just a, a graphical update. It's not a sequel, and so it would be Counter Strike Source slash Counter Strike and Global Offensive because Valve doesn't do threes, man. Does not do. Threes. Valve doesn't really do games, so. I oh, I mean they used to do games. Yeah, but it's been fifteen years. <laughs> I yeah. I, uh, well, how long ago was Portal Two? Ten years. Okay, so it's been ten years. And I mean, to be uh, fair, they they just they did Half Life Alex, but. Yeah. That was to and sell again, their hardware. And again, not a three. Freaking fail. I just want freaking Half-Life 3. That's all I want in my life. But do instead you? Of, like, it wouldn't of be getting, good anymore. Instead of getting Left 4 Dead 3, we're getting Back for Blood, and it's not even from Val at this point. Um, But I do, I do want, I do want a Half-Life 3. Because if I remember correctly, they left Half-Life 2, even with Episode 1 and 2, they left Half-Life 2 open for more. I'm pretty sure they left stuff open on episode two like yeah, no epi- well, there, there was supposed no, to be an episode three yeah well that's what i'm saying like including episode one and two like they left it open for more uh and it's just like i i, I go back to those games from time to time because i just i loved half-life 2 that much maybe i'll play those on stream one there you go um something different yeah but yeah it's check out that that reply all um uh episode what, what did i say it was it's still open on my phone um, it was the episode's episode, I'm Not a Bot, it's number 178. Check that out if you want to just listen to a very interesting story about Team Fortress 2 and about bots and how pretty much if you go to play Team Fortress 2, a lot of the people that are playing aren't doing it for the lulls, they're doing it just because. That's fair. So I'm just going to very quickly talk about this. Um, I watched the show Eden's Zero. It's, um, it's the, the creator of Fairy Tale. It's his next series, um, Hiro Mashima, I want to say is how you say his name. Um, it's basically fairy tale in space. Like, the characters are all very... S- there are literally two characters that are just fairy tale characters. Okay. <laughs> um, there, there is um, Happy the Blue Cat from Fairy Tale is literally in this show, just it's a different Happy. Um, I think I think this the only difference is this one has a black tail and is actually a robot. Um, but then one of the main characters from Fairy Tale, um, Urza... Um, her name in fairy tale is Urza Scarlet. Her name in this show is Elise Crimson. Identical like character design though. Like was at is definitely just a this character was made for both. Um it's kind of a neat show though. 
Um, it's it's a group of people like any anime on a spaceship trying to find like the god of space essentially. Um, and in order to do that, they have to get together these four robots that actually power the ship they have that all kind of scattered to the wind. Because um, the ship actually used to belong to a demon king who is the adoptive grandfather of like the main character. And rather than them having magic powers like like in Fairy Tale, they have these um I forget exactly what they call them, but it's they basically have like different like unique abilities to them. Like the main character can control gravity. Um one of the other characters can create like this like energy sword. It's like just weird stuff like that. Um the only real problem with the show is it's a little too heavy on like the fan service stuff. Like lots of like just unnecessary, like, slow motion, like, pans on the females. Yeah. And, like, that's enough to make it kind of like, eh, I'm just going to watch one of these right now, and I'll come back to the rest later. Uh, it's on Netflix, though. It, it was Netflix purchased the streaming rights, so rather than it releasing weekly like it would if it was picked up by, like, Funimation or Crunchyroll, um, it's just being released in batches every so often. So I think it's, uh, I think it's like, up to, like, the 25th or 6th episode overall. But Netflix just dropped the first twelve, so in six months they'll probably drop the next twelve. Yeah, it sounds about right. That's that's on Netflix. That sounds like an interesting anime. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, like other than like like I said, some of the just unnecessary fan servicey stuff. Like it's a it's a really cool concept, and I do I think these characters are a little more interesting than the the ones from Fairy Tale. Like the the side characters, I should say, are a little interesting. Yeah. Yeah, just I was just real quick mention that because it, it was in, it was a good show. Like I enjoyed it for the most part. Nice. Uh, but I guess that brings us to uh, Shang Chi. Yes. Uh, this is going to be probably full on spoilers. Uh, actually, I've got somebody uh, within ear distance, so I'm probably going to keep down for the spoilers. No, the let's just we'll we'll go quick because we're already at like two hours. Um, and we'll try to uh steer clear of spoilers for the most part. Yeah. Um, but what did you think of it? I thought it was very good. I, I enjoyed it. I um after I saw it, uh, one of one of the people I was with asked like, "What would you rate it?" And he was like, "I'd probably go an eight out of 10. And I was like, "I'm I'm about there." My biggest complaint is the pacing. It could have been maybe twenty minutes shorter. Um, and it's just it was kind of paced a little a little too eh for me. Like, but other than that, the villain was great. The, the, the characters were great. The story was fantastic. The action was awesome. And I just, like, I, I, I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I th- I, I thought it was really well done. But you're right, though. Like, it, the pacing was a little off. Like, there are definitely some things they could have shortened and tightened up a little bit. Um, but, like, overall, like, I think the, the cast was really good. Um, it's one of the few Marvel movies with a villain that actually matters. Um, yeah. And it really seems like, they're getting better with their solo film villain. Um, cause like Black Panther was another one where like, and I guess it's not all the solo films. Cause like the Black Widow villain was pretty shitty too, but just some of these movies, I guess I don't even know how to describe it. Some of these more, um, like quote unquote smaller scale ones, just the, the villains just get more and they're more integrated into the story. They're not just like, they're not the, 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 the maniacal mustache twirling villain like you had with like Mickey Rourke in fucking Iron Man Two or Jeff Bridges yeah. in Iron Man. Yeah. Um like like this this villain actually had heart and like you felt empathetic for them. Like it it, it is it's one of those villains where you sit there and you're like, I I I'm kind of on their side, but I'm not. 
like, I kind of feel for them, but I also don't kind of thing. Yeah, like, it definitely wasn't a, like I said, it wasn't like a mustache twirling, like, oh, they're a bad guy, like, you know they're a bad guy, like, everything they're doing is evil. It's like, okay, no, like, they're not a good guy, but, like, they're, there's a reason they're doing what they're doing, and it's it's at least somewhat understandable. And uh, I went into this, um, I'm not a big fan of Aquafina. I just... Her, I don't like her either. Her voice is kind of annoying, and, like, I just, I've, I've, it's just, she's just one of those people that I'm just like, I don't, I don't hate her. I'm just like, eh, I could be without her. Yeah. But she was good in this. She was really good in this. I enjoyed her parts. Her, her timing and everything was good. Like, she, like, she redeemed herself in my eyes as an actress and as an entertainer to be like, all right, maybe I should check out some of the other stuff. Yeah, like, that movie had a very good cast because it it had, um, the, the act, I, I, I'm forgetting names but the actress that plays um shang chi's um aunt and his dad are both like really well-known um asian actors that like Mm -hmm. are in like asian cinema and american cinema like and have been for decades so like they brought that little bit of like like that jeff bridges like gravitas to to like the movie yeah so uh tony tony young chai chu wai was the mandarin and there you go thank you Oh, you still there? Oh. Oh, we lost Richie. Yeah, looks like it. There was like a weird noise too, so I don't know if his computer just broke. I mean, Jensen was banging away in the back for like the last hour, <laughs> so uh-huh. who knows what happened. Um, well, I'm just going to keep rambling about Shang-Chi for a second. Yeah, uh, you ramble because I haven't seen it and know absolutely nothing. So I I think you actually might like this one. I know I, you're I know you're like, you can be hit or miss with like the superhero movies. Yeah. Um, but this one, it's got really good like fight choreography it's very okay. much like that like it's it's martial arts so yeah. it's not you know just it's not brawling the way a lot of this stuff is or the over-the-top acrobatics like um like spider-man tends to be okay uh, richie's power went out oh uh, um, yeah i was gonna say storms were supposedly supposed to be going by i have no idea if they did or not but but yeah so one of the really cool things that i noticed at least um oh the his whole neighborhood's out fuck um, so when they're fighting, Shang-Chi was trained by his dad. Okay. Um, and he has a very aggressive, well, I should say from like the age of seven up, he was trained by his dad and his dad sure. has like a very offensive, aggressive martial arts style. Okay. Um, Shang-Chi's mother, um, was from like one of those like mystical hidden villages that are like, like exists on like the edge of our universe and like another universe sort of deals where like. The realm is full of, like, weird, mystical, like, Asian animals and stuff like that. Like, okay, dragons and these cute little puffballs with wings and no heads. Um, they, ha- they have a very fluid, like, defensive s- style. So it was, it's a lot of, I, I don't know, I'm sure there's an actual form of martial arts for both of them. But sure. it's, they show the, the mother and father fighting in, like, a flashback scene, um, and it's like very much like a he jumps and throws like a very aggressive punch, and she just kind of like does that like tilts her head to the side and like pushes his hand and like uses his own momentum to like throw him away basically. Okay. So like, and it's it's a bunch of really well done fights like that where so it, there's definitely wire work involved, but it's not people like running up walls and like shooting fireballs or flying in suits of armor and shit. It's okay. You know, it it could actually be like people could actually do most of this stuff. Okay. 
and there's a few over the top fights like they fight on the side of like um like a skyscraper that has um like scaffolding and stuff which was like a cool one all right but like otherwise like, you know it, it it had good fight themes and just the plot moved along for the most part like richie said there was a little bit of bad pacing where it just things could have either been trimmed down or cut entirely um but it worked and there were some good marvel cameos in there that i didn't expect to happen um just, I mean, like, small spoiler, um, cause he's been in trailers, um, Wong from Doctor Strange is in it a couple of times, and just, like, real kind of quick little scenes. Okay. Um, which is nice, because that, like, he's just a fun character, and the more movies he's in, the better. Yeah. Because I actually saw something online, that actor has officially been in more Marvel movies as his character than any DC actor has been in any DC movies. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they... They did a very good job with this, and it it definitely felt it felt smaller and more contained than any of these movies have in a long time. Okay, because this character is not connected to anybody yet. Sure, like if, when you think about it, other so I'm trying to think what were the last the last solo movie would have been Black Widow, which she already has a huge history with everybody, right? And then like before that, it might have been Black Panther, and by the time his movie came around, he had already been in Captain America and sort of established mm. as part of this larger nation and like yeah. you know it was already pretty big like in shang chi like he's a fucking valet driver in san francisco when the movie starts okay like the he's not a millionaire like he doesn't really have anything going on um his dad was a criminal like um like a crime boss in china and had his dad had mystical powers okay um and his dad met his mom and then gave up those powers to be with the mother Okay. Um, and then when his mother dies, he gets he like takes his powers back and kind of like segues back into a life of crime. Sure. Whereas like Shang Chi didn't want that. Like so mm-hmm. when he, when he was old enough, he kind of ran away and like changed his name to Sean, which not very good like name change <laughs> from Shang to Sean. They actually make fun of him for that in the movie. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and just tries to like separate himself from that, and it okay. you know that doesn't work. Uh. Does it connect much to any of the Marvel shows that happened, or? Um, so, not really. Not at least the new ones. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, Like, because that's, like, where my burnout started to happen, was there was just fucking too much, and it felt like if you missed any one thing, like, you got fucked on knowing things. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. So, there is a scene... In um the early half of the movie, where he goes to this place with a bunch of fights happening, and okay. there are two characters fighting in this place that are very cool cameos from older MCU stuff. Okay, uh, which is like a, it's a cool like if you if you know it, you know it. If you don't, it actually doesn't hurt the story in any way, shape, or form. It's just like a cool like, hey, I know those guys. Sure. Um, and then the mid credit scene is where it's like, okay, hey, these guys are actually going to be part of this bigger thing now. Okay. And there's actually, um, the the closest tie this movie has to the rest of the MCU is to Iron Man 3, actually. Okay. Um, so in general, Iron Man, um, I don't know if you remember, so in the very first Iron Man, the, um, the, the people that capture Tony at the beginning of the movie and force him to make a bomb for them that he instead makes a suit of armor. Okay. Uh, they are called the Ten Rings, and they have, like, the Ten Rings behind them. Okay, and, right. Yeah. 
And this movie is called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, so in this, we actually find out what the Ten Rings are. Okay. Um, and that's actually, I mean, spoilers again, that's his dad's power. His dad's power comes from the Ten Rings. Okay. Um, in the comics, there is, um, there is a character called the Mandarin. Which is um uh-huh. who Beth, that's who Ben Kingsley was right. um pretending to be in Iron Man three right 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 and that's sort of um that bit where there was this character pretending to be the Mandarin um in Iron Man three it's kind of where the tie comes into this movie okay because this movie is he does not go by the Mandarin but there is a character that is who that was based off of essentially okay. Yeah, so it's not like okay. you don't have to have seen Iron Man 3 or even really remember it, but if you do, there's like little bits and pieces where it's like, okay. yeah, this guy did this thing and it was fucking insulting, but he's dead now. Iron Man blew him up. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's they did a good job with it, though, and it's worth like if you want to go to a movie, it's worth going to see. I will say don't go to a movie tavern anymore. They're not <laughs> good. No. Um, actually, I mean, honestly, you guys would probably be fine. Um, I don't know if it's a COVID related thing. Or a probably well because they were also um right before COVID or right after they were purchased by a by another company Marcus Theaters. Oh, so you don't go to MovieTavern.com anymore. You go to like Marcus Theaters and find the Movie Tavern from their website. Okay. Um, they changed their menu a whole bunch. Um, there's literally nothing on the menu Erica can eat now. Every single item on that menu has meat in it. That sucks. Yeah, it's like all and it's all like shitty stuff. Like it's like chicken sandwiches and like. All the salads have, like, chicken or bacon in them. So, like, yeah, you could remove that stuff, but there's a chance they'd bring it out wrong anyway. Uh-huh. Um, the only thing that you could do is they do the personal pizza. So she could do, like, a personal pizza and just get, like, vegetables on it. But, okay. like, who the fuck wants to eat a personal pizza in a movie theater? Right. Because um, they used to have, like, the Caprese flatbreads and stuff like that for her and a, and a handful of other stuff. Because they actually used to advertise that they have vegetarian and gluten-free options. Now their gluten-free option is they have a gluten-free pizza dough, I think, or a salad. <laughs> like, yeah, it's 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 not great. Plus, I mean, like half half the enjoyment of going there was like, you know, you you'd get there early, you'd order food, they bring it out to you. Now you have to do all of that before you go, or order it at the counter because they're not doing actual table service anymore. They're just bringing the food out to you. Okay. Yeah. So like, we had to go onto an, and they even have like a thing on like all the things. It's like, hey, scan here to download our app so that you can order stuff online. Um, and then we will eventually bring it out to you. Mm-hmm. So, That's yeah. definitely a COVID-related no, thing. No, that 100% is. And that I totally understand. But it's yeah. just like, when your menu sucks now, and you took that part away from it, like, now, like, why am I going to drive an hour to a movie theater when I can, I can go have the exact same experience of just getting popcorn and a soda at the AMC? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, not going to lie, I was not super impressed the one time we movie tavern with, like, their selection of stuff. I mean, so. like, some of theirs, like, I like the fried pickles they have there. Um, sure. And the, they had, um, they still have them. The chick, the crispy chicken chipotle sliders okay. were actually very tasty. Um, they were on, like, the Hawaiian buns, so, like, the, uh-huh. the semi-sweet buns. And nice. they were a little spicy, but not too spicy. They were just very good. But, like, yeah, like, they're, they're nothing special. Yeah. And it's, like, for how far away they are to then take away. So they also, um, they don't do the giant beer steins anymore. Okay. Well, like, understandably, because people would bring those in and they don't want to do refills on stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, and they don't have, like, the milkshake and stuff like that at, on the me- huh. at least on the menu anymore. Like, uh, their dessert section was, like, churros and candy. Weird. Yeah. So it's just, you know. Yeah. Like, if it was, like, a extra ten minutes to get there versus getting to, like, just the fucking AMC in Deptford, 
that would be one thing. But for the hour and 10, 15 minutes it takes to get there. Yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like we, it's honestly not any better than the shitty AMC dine-in in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, if, if and honestly, when I was looking online, like, AMC, because people aren't going to the movies, all their tickets are, like, on sale. Like, they have, like, a discount on huh. tickets right now. So it's like, yeah, like, if I'm going to go to a movie, I'm just going to go to AMC. I'm not going to. Yeah. So I, initially, it was just like, well, let's go see Shang-Chi. Like, let's go out. Movie Tyrant has, like, nobody has, like, the, the theater is basically empty right now. Um, let's go out there, and it wasn't until, like, we already bought the tickets and we're getting ready to leave that we realized that, that there was just nothing on the menu for Erica. Mm. So we ended up just getting, like, popcorn and, like, pretzel, or not pretzel, um, pickles. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, Shang-Chi is definitely worth seeing. Uh, I think Eternals and then Spider-Man are next, I as far as Marvel so. movies go. So, we'll see how those do. Yeah. Um, but I think that's probably the end of the show. Yeah. Um, and... Richie will be gone next week. He's on vacation. Um, the week after that is when we're going to do Top Gear for our next book club. Um, it was episodes 9 and 10 of season 22, the Patagonia special. And then episode 3 of season 21, which is the Chernobyl Ukraine episode. Um, they're all available on HBO Max and I think a few other places. I'll, um, I'll link like the Just Watch links to both of them in the, uh, in the episode notes. Sounds good. Other than that, though, you can go ahead and find more of our content over at www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, all those places. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. Those things all help a whole lot. You can also find us on social media. We're facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on twitter and instagram our youtube channel is youtube.com slash one quest video and you can always send us an email to social at one quest.com but other than that we'll be back next week with something else to talk about thanks for listening bye bye